This is a podcast from Minute Media. Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. The Bastards are back for this Friday edition of the podcast. We are a part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Just a quick disclaimer for any first-time listeners, this is not a Homer podcast. We call it how we see it. When the Red Sox are dominating, we will celebrate that. When they're getting destroyed, we will be critical and at times savagely blunt. If you're easily offended, press the stop button immediately. But for those who embrace it, let's get rolling. Joining me by way of Wyndham, Maine, now in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Terry Cushman. Terry, how you doing? Good, good. Getting ready for a, a tough Yankee series, but uh, got a lot to get into uh, as far as our takeaways through the first 81 games, so... Glad to be getting into that with you guys. Absolutely. Also joining us from the mile highest city of Denver, Colorado, by way of somewhere in Massachusetts, Andrew Dwan. What's going on, guys? Good first half of the season. We got, you know, new second half, new midweek team. So we get to kind of look back and go forward. Absolutely. You can tell this is my first time hosting a show because it, it took a couple of takes there for us to get off the ground, and I didn't have where you were from in, in Massachusetts ready to go there, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> so I, I went from somewhere in Massachusetts, but uh, where can they find you on Twitter, gentlemen? Uh, at Cushman MLB, and then you can find the podcast account at Bastards underscore Boston. Andrew, yourself? Uh, it's going to be my name, Andrew Dwan, MLB. Great. Let's jump right in, gentlemen. We're going to cover our takeaways from the first half of the Red Sox season as we just closed on the first 81 games. Andrew, you're in the leadoff spot. What's your primary takeaway? So mine is the Christian Vasquez revival. And I was embarrassed about how much time I spent on baseball trade values trying to figure out a way to get Sean Murphy in Boston to replace Christian Vasquez. And... Now, Christian Vasquez just just overnight turned into one of the best catchers in the league. And, you know, he actually didn't even get off to that good of a start. Um, and at time of recording, I think he's at two, sitting at 290 for a batting average. He's got a war of over one. He's second, tied for second in the league in uh, caught stealing, uh, runners thrown out. And he's calling a hell of a game. I think the pitchers have looked extremely comfortable um, pitching to him. I think we've seen barely any of uh, Kevin Polecki, thank God, um, who seemed to be the kind of staff binky over the last couple of years. And the only thing, you know, keeping him employed with the Red Sox was the way he was handling staffs, mainly Nate Uvalde. Um but Christian Vasquez looks like a mandatory extension candidate when the season's up. And I mean, he's 
the longest tenured 40 man player on the Red Sox. And that's even ahead of Xander Bogarts who made his debut first, but Christian Vasquez has been a Red Sox lifer. And I think we're approaching the point where if we see a, you know, extension a la Matt Barnes mid season this year, that could sneakily be Christian Vasquez. If he's approaches the team and says, listen, I don't want to go anywhere. Let's get something done that's reasonable. And I think at this point they have to take it or think hard about it at least. Terry, your thoughts? A lot of the Red Sox core players would preferably rather stay in Boston. We've talked about it with Bogarts. We've talked about it to a point with Devers. And Vasquez is certainly in uh, that conversation as well. There was a point last summer where it was coming close to the the trade deadline and Vasquez was so paranoid he was getting traded that either he or someone close to him went to the front office to say hey am I being traded I don't want to be traded and he played out the rest of the year we had a nice run into October as we all remember uh wasn't a great year for him uh, you know, statistically compared to, you know, 2018, 2019, when he kind of had a power surge and he's kind of starting in, you know, around early May, picked it up and it, it, he's only a couple of good games from getting his batting average at 300 or above. He's sitting at 295 right now. I don't know. I, I think Vasquez would sign a short-term deal under Andrew's scenario. If, if Bloom were to come at him with an extension, it would probably be what in the neighborhood of two years, I would assume. I think four. It can't, yeah. It can't be more than three, maybe two with an option. I mean, catchers don't have that long of a shelf life. Normally. I think the three would be too much because we don't, we don't know that this is just a temporary resurgence. Maybe it's, it's the last surge of his career, uh, for instance. I mean, catchers, they break down a, a lot faster than any other position. I think he's going to be 31, 32 next season. Maybe there could be a plan to implement him as a backup, but he's been great, and he's had a lot of clutch hits late in games, whether they were just singles punch through the gaps to to drive the second and third base runners home nobody talked more crap about Vasquez than I did last year and uh so I'm therefore I'm eating the most crow and I think it should also be noted this is the best season of his career as far as working with pitching staffs and perhaps the analytics departments you know Jason Veritek and uh Dave Bush even the pitching coach probably have played a role in that but no no other year prior did the pitching staffs work as well with him as they have this year you know just really quick not to hijack it but just envisioning inventing some numbers here for a possible contract mid-season if they went to him and said two years 20 and they came he came back said 330 think they would be in the middle for 225 because I mean 12 and a half seems high for him that's what James McCann is making uh pretty much but he got a four-year deal from the Mets 
um, the alternatives of, you know, bringing in any guys outside of the organization are either going to cost you a lot of prospects or you're just not going to replace them with anyone on, you know, via free agency. It's going to be like a Kurt Suzuki type who's like 39 at this point, I think. So I don't know. It might sound like a lot, but I think, I think 225, maybe that could get it done. I think 10 would be really tops for him. 10 per year. I don't think it's going to come down to some intense negotiation, you know, like we've seen with Devers and like what the Yankees are, are dealing with, but he's making what six this year, I think. We don't, we don't have to pull it up. It's six I or seven, that, but I, I do think he's probably making, I think he's seven and a half this year. I think with uh, some incentives in there to make it seven and a half. So maybe the base at six sounds about right, Terry. Yeah, it's, it's definitely in that neighborhood. I'm uh, pulling it up on Spotrack right now. But while you do pull that up, I, I do want to point out for the listening audience, we don't necessarily have a catcher in waiting, quote unquote. Uh, Connor Wong hasn't necessarily grown into that role we got in the Mookie Betts deal. And we don't have a deep, a deep catching prospect in the system. Unless I'm mistaken, Andrew, there isn't somebody who's major league ready no, I mean, you're looking at Connor Wong and Ronaldo Hernandez. Right. Neither of whom you want to go into next are. season with. Right. And Vasquez did lead the league last season in innings caught. He's now working with, what, nine different starters this season. Maybe it's ten, if I'm not mistaken. And they've been pretty good. I, I think Vasquez is really taking a step forward in understanding how to attack different hitters. Uh, and the confidence that he's getting from the pitching staff comes from that. And I think you're right, Terry, there has to be some level of it that relates back to game planning and Jason Veritek, Dave Bush, really getting on the same page with the pitchers and catchers working in harmony, because it's something that we saw from Ploiecki, but we've never seen it with, with Christian Vasquez, the numbers are there to support him getting an, a contract extension. In free agency, it's it's worth noting there aren't catching options next season. He would be the top catcher on the market. It wouldn't be that close. And a lot of teams are working their way towards having young centerpiece catchers. Uh, San Francisco is looking at Joey Bart. You already mentioned Andrew, Sean Murphy, is it a young catcher who's promising, but also the Pirates drafted a catcher number four overall last season. Uh, there are three or four more teams that are deep at catcher uh, in the minor leagues. The Red Sox are not one of them. So there, there is really a need for a catcher, and I think a short-term deal could get it done. Real quick, because I think it's relevant, Connor Wong is 26 years old. He's in AAA. Not having a terrible year. I mean, he's hitting 271 with a 343 on base, five home runs. I mean, he's his power, I think, would be comparable to what you, you see with Vasquez anyway. I know Vasquez went nuts one year with uh, like 25, 26 home runs, but 
I think Wong would probably be up on most MLB teams at this point, probably mm-hmm. as the primary catcher. So, I agree, and I think he might be up next season in place of a Kevin Ploiecki. But I don't think that you trust him to catch the league lead in innings next season. Well, um, I just the fact that he's been good. I just feel like they could find someone. I mean, we pulled Sandy Leone off the scrap heap, and then Rick Porcello wins a Cy Young same season. True. And I think I think Leone got here in like May or June of that year. So I just I wouldn't I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be upset if for some reason Vasquez didn't come back and then Wong was the option. But at this point, I, I wouldn't mind also seeing Vasquez for another year or two. And maybe he does eventually just transition into a backup role anyway. I think that's generally the progression from catchers. I want to wrap the, the Vasquez take with, with this. Would either of you be upset if we signed a three-year, $30 million deal for Christian Vasquez? I, I'd personally rather go a higher AAV for two. Right. Terry? Would I be upset? No, but I just, in terms of sustainability, I mean, th- these could be the last drops, like I said, we're milking out of him as like a, an everyday catcher, you know, someone who's going to make 110, 120 starts a year. So I just feel like there could be possibly a little bit of remorse in years two and three of that deal. So I would rather see Andrew's scenario play out more than anything. Me too. But I want to just wrap it with, I agree. I think everything you, you two said makes a lot of sense. Christian Vasquez, when he's hitting the way he's been hitting so far, makes the lineup a lot deeper. Even though I know that Terry, you and I both agree. And I'm sure Andrew does on some level that your catcher is the position in which I, I least desire offense. Uh, I'd much rather have pitching in that spot. Terry, let's move over to your takeaway from the first 81. What are you going to go with? My biggest takeaway uh, will end up being probably my biggest surprise, and that is John Schreiber. I know we've given him a lot of love in recent episodes. I, I know, Job, you're the, the president of the, the John Schreiber fan club as well as I am. the other six, but this is, a, this is a good one to be the president of. Um, he's got a 0.66 ERA and a very healthy 10.5 strikeout per nine. And let's see, this is amazing. I mean, this is a large sample size at this point and 28 appearances. He's been scoreless in 27 of them. Only one time did he, uh, give up any earned runs. That was two earned runs on May 27th against the Baltimore Orioles. So that's the only blemish he's had. And here's the biggest takeaway of, of my whole John Schreiber take. His first appearance was on April 27th when that wasn't quite the end of our misery because that carried into May a little bit. Actually, May 7th was when we got swept. That was game three against the White Sox. So he had four appearances, and you can kind of you can kind of pinpoint the turnaround of the 2022 season with the emergence of John Schreiber. It kind of 
that's when it kind of starts to turn around. And just think, if you didn't have Schreiber pitching in the seventh, eighth, and, and ninth innings of your game, wherever they've slotted him in, where would we be right now? I I don't think I think we'd be below 500, and I know we're sitting six or seven games above it, but that run when we were nine games under would not have been sparked without John Schreiber, and our bullpen would be very unstable. So. I think you're probably looking at around 500. Andrew, what are your thoughts on John Schreiber so far? I mean, he's been one of the best relievers in all of baseball, and what this is – this is what Tampa Bay has always done. And now we're seeing it with the Red Sox. And I think we got to give Bloom credit on this one. Year after year after year, Tampa would just come out, have this idiot, no-name person that would have like an ERA of 1.1 and would just blow us away. And we're like, who the hell is he? He's been in the league like eight years and no one's ever heard of him. And that's where Schreiber is, you know? I don't know what the heck they did to him. They His velocity's up like six, seven miles an hour from when he was last with the Tigers. He's a completely new pitcher. Uh, we're seeing, and I don't want to get too into it because I know our next topics, we're seeing a lot of development and just guys that are able to contribute and stuff ticking up. So good on Schreiber, and I, I fully expect – Schreiber to continue this and I think last episode or maybe it was off air he, he we might see him as closer before the season's done oh I would love that I, I've been calling for him to be the closer since like May 15th uh, and I was told that too early too soon haven't seen enough I think I'm just you know that good at analyzing <laughs> talent gentlemen uh, but Andrew thank you for that segue my, my takeaway from the first 81 is the minor league pitching staff and the talent and depth that we're seeing within the system actually contributing. It's it's something that we've heard for the last two seasons. Oh, look at how much depth Hein Bloom has brought in. Look at all these these guys that he's getting in, in deals that we're winning. Uh, that depth is actually now contributing at the major league level. We talked extensively last episode about Cutter Crawford, who had a good performance and a good couple back-to-back performances. Uh, the stat that I gave last episode is is still true to this moment. The Red Sox have had 11 spot starts. I know we've got two more coming up probably in this Yankee series that we're in the midst of. 11 spot starts. Uh, they are 6-5 and five now after Brian Bayo's start in those spots. Absolutely enormous. You've got injuries to Chris Sale, Nate Evaldi, Garrett Whitlock. If I told you preseason that those were going to be your three injuries early in the season, oh, and also, by the way, your number three starter in Michael Waka was going to miss three starts due to a dead arm, you would not think this team was leading the wild card hunt, uh, even with the offense on paper being as good as it is. It's been a revelation, and I want to give a lot of credit to not just Heim Bloom, but to Dave Bush and his staff and also the AAA pitching staff because these guys are coming up from Worcester on no notice, one day's notice, and absolutely contributing. I think we, we talked about it last episode, and it, 
it sounded a little bit discombobulated because we had no idea who was going to start in this Yankee series for a couple of games. And that's still true. But I think we're going to see some Cutter Crawford. We're going to see Connor Siebold. We might see Bayo again uh, at some point next series. It's getting very interesting. And I'm extremely impressed. I'm finally eating a lot of crow on my Heimbloom hatred for the last couple of of episodes that we have run. The last couple of episodes have been positive. For the last couple of years, I have not been. And uh, my my lack of patience is showing because this team is absolutely getting those key contributions off the bench. Yeah, show me another team in the league that can be on their 10th starter and be leading the wild card card race. And that's just unheard of. We've never, we haven't, I don't want to say never, because I mean, I'm not too sure, but we haven't seen this kind of depth in recent memory. We've, we would have had to have gone out and trade for a desperation trade and move a prospect. We didn't want to move. If, 80% 80% of our starting rotation had gone down. These guys are developing better than they really have in a long time. We're seeing not just in the upper majors, but the lower majors, a lot of these players putting in performances, winning their, you know, whatever league they're in, pitchers of the week uh, on a regular basis now. So I'm not too sure. I think it's an organizational wide thing. I think they brought in some talent from outside, um, gotten some fresh voices, some new approaches. Uh, and I do kind of want to stray a little outside that and not just limited to pitching depth as a whole. I mean, we're seeing Rob Ref Snyder put up good at bats and you're looking at your backups, backups, backup outfielder. You know what I mean? So the fact that they're being able to weather this storm of some extremely critical players has been just transcended, and I think it's going to help them going forward because I think they'll be able to use some of this to their advantage uh, if they do need to make a trade because now other teams see these players, and these players can help squads in need. So I think we uh, are looking – I think we're set up pretty good going forward um, even if we do struggle on the field um, over the next couple weeks. Well, my – my biggest takeaway of of all the spot starters is Josh Winkowski. And a lot of these prospects can be a crapshoot and especially in their in their first year because their first year in the majors is still kind of a development year. It's it's the final stages of their development. And three out of those six wins, Job, have come from Josh Winkowski. He's the June 15th Oakland start. Uh, Red Sox win that one 10 to 1. Uh, five days later on uh, June 20th, we beat the Tigers 5 to 2. Not that those are two sexy teams by any means, but still, you know, for a guy who's probably under a little bit of pressure, knowing that there's other talented guys in the system, namely Bayo, who was lighting it up all the way through Worcester. Uh, not so great in the final game of the race series, but uh, this is a deep team and he knows if he wants to be a part of it, he has to pitch. Well, he, he also had a win against first placed 
Cleveland. That was a four to two win on June 25th. And he did pitch well, albeit in a loss against the Cubs. The Red Sox uh, only lost that one uh, three to one. And he was only charged with, I think, yeah, just one earned run that game. So he's he's been pitching very well. Uh, we, we did get a win with Connor Siebold pitching in a spot start just last Sunday. So that would be the fourth of the six. And I think the jury is still out on Siebold. He was able to generate some swings and misses. He wasn't super sharp in that Cubs start anyway, but perhaps it was something to build on. I think the jury's still out with Siebold, but the, the Nick Pavetta trade with, uh, or I should say the Brandon Workman, um, Heath Hembry trade that, that brought him and Pavetta over will look that much better if Siebold can uh, establish himself as a guy who can start or perhaps go, uh, you know, three or four innings out of the pen. So th- those are the two guys I'm, I'm most impressed with of uh, the starting depth. And of course, I've, I've already covered Schreiber. Let me say one thing about Schreiber. This is a this is a Koji Uihara, um, you know, surgeons, I should say. I meant to say that in that take but but this year we're we're seeing great results and great development as andrew said out of our pitching we did not see that last year with you know guys like perez uh garrett richards and one or two guys out of the pen that that i'm escaping this is uh this this year is a, is a leap forward for sure and absolutely and we haven't seen all that depth yet. There are still pieces coming. Uh, we didn't even mention Jaron Duran, who's been getting a lot of love the last couple of episodes. And uh, Terry, those Winkowski stats, they might be out of date if he dominates the Yankees in, in the game that people will probably have already seen by the time they listen to this episode. Um, but we will wrap on that unless you gentlemen have any further thoughts you want to add First 81 games of the season in the books. Go ahead. Okay, looks like looks – No, like- I, th- I think that's it. I mean, the one – I guess one I'll point out is Trevor Story on pace for over 30 home runs, 110 RBI, and that's with zero protection in the lineup. So uh, I think that, you know, it's had its ups and downs, but if you look at the stat line at the end of the season, if it projects out to that, that's a pretty damn good year. We didn't mention him in the last show, but he did have two home runs in in the series. I think one of the games was a was a losing effort, but we're yeah we're on still on pace for looks like ninety wins. So I mean, hopefully, if you told me we were here, would you have taken it? <laughs> well, it depends. I mean. I had us win an 85, so I guess I, I'd, I'd be a little surprised either way, but shocked after April anyway. Yeah, with all these injuries, I mean, 90 win pace still, that's that's unreal. They should it should be like 78 to 82 at this point with all, with after you lost Nate and Waka and Hill and, you know, line continues, Kike. That, that's exactly how I feel. Uh, we will wrap on that. We will be back with more content. Terry, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but we'll be back on, on Monday 
following the Yankees series uh, four-game set that is already underway. Join us then. It'll be the weekend crew of Terry, Jason, and Charlie for that show. Hope you listen in. Take care.